some crazy dogs, not some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Coming to you from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for week two in the NFL, including the Sunday and Monday nighters, two Monday nighters this week. Uh, also, Andy's got a sandwich game for you. I toss in a money line, Matty pick, but first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy, the prognosticator at Andy, how you doing, pal? Well, I've stopped uh, redecorating and renovating the, the holes in the wall. Um, after watching my 49ers go down to your Bears, so tip of the hat to Chicago. The Bears! The Bears! Blown Players. away by that. that um, what a crazy field and, and weather, though. Like, that was... Yeah, it was... I, I mean, I'm not going to make excuses. We lost because we lost. <laughs> we didn't play a good game. But, uh, no, a very impressive win for your... Uh, what were they, seven-point dogs at, at kickoff time? They were seven-point dogs. And now you guys are sitting atop the NFC North with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, let's be careful with that because, I mean, it's a long season. and No, no. Uh, as I'm going to talk about later, I think the Vikes are, are pretty much the real deal. They looked really good. Yeah, I mean, if anyone who wasn't a football fan watched the first slate of the early games and then wasn't a football fan after, they just don't get sports because that was probably one of the more exciting weeks I've seen, you know, since the playoffs. But as far as regular season play goes, really cool. And, you know, a lot of unexpected um, unexpected results. Like, you know, we we're talking about the NFC North, but the Giants and the Seahawks are leading everyone else in their divisions by a full game. Wow, and how about that call at the end of the G-Men game to go oh, for two? Well, see, when you got Saquon, come on. I mean, maybe well, Mark Yeah, but it's not, come on. A lot of coaches play for the tie. Oh, I know. And they went balls deep and deserved that win. That is it. I like the attitude there. Oh, you should. Did you see Dable, Brian Dable, uh, dancing in the in the locker room afterwards? Hey, listen, I don't have a disco in here. I don't have a disco. Well, let's all start dancing, dude. He was like a, like a backup dancer for Snoop. Snoop D O Double G. And then and then you had the uh, the Houston and Colts tie. Yeah, no uh, one wanted to make a game winning kick this week. Well, four, there was of the fourteen games played on Sunday, there was fifteen missed kicks. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. But your boy Carson Wentz, your favorite guy, he threw four touchdown passes. Two interceptions. Two interceptions. And Tua, Tua, is now 4-0 against the hoodie. Yeah, you know what? I owe the Miami Dolphins and Tua himself an apology. Talked a lot of shit last week. And, of course, I ate a big bag of dicks. Yummy! If that's any consolation to the Dolphins and Dolphin fans, that's what I was chewing on Sunday. Well, and then moving on to Sunday night, like the sky was falling in Big D, at least in Jerry's part of that world. You know, the Cowboys were the only team last week not to score a touchdown. But to make matters worse, Dak Prescott sidelined, well, almost almost all the way to Thanksgiving. And prior yeah, to Yeah, he got booed, dude. He got booed going off the field. Oh, well, they were doing nothing. So but you know what? Speaking of less than nothing, that's what their depth chart looks like on the quarterback position behind Dak. But prior to his injury, the look ahead line uh, in in this week of week two against Cleveland was the Dallas Cowboys minus two. 
Now it's the Dallas Cowboys plus seven and a half, making that the largest Cleveland steamer in the history of NFL football. What do you want, a Cleveland steamer? I said get in the car. What's a Cleveland steamer? It means that he'll... Whoa, 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 be cool, be cool. Yeah, so go to Maple Street and then take a left and then uh, you go... uh... Okay, so you want a party or what? Get in this car right now! And the Cleveland Browns revealed their new midfield logo of their mascot, Brownie the Elf. Now, at first glance, Brownie appears to be running the football with a stiff arm, sort of like the Heisman Trophy. But if you look a lot more closely, you'll see Deshaun Watson in the back chasing him from behind, wearing only a bath towel. Get ready for the most splendiferous pudding pop you have ever seen. We got to do a shout out this week. We have to do a shout out going down to the 702 to my main man, Tad, and his boys over at Five Iron Golf. And if you're down in Vegas and you're near the Strip, go to a place called Area 15. It's right off the Strip in Vegas. They have eight state-of-the-art golf simulators. They have an amazing top-shelf tequila and bourbon section. Top that off with 16 TVs that are always tuned into sports. Now, if you don't like state-of-the-art golf simulators and you don't like top-shelf tequila and bourbon and you don't like sports all the time, then don't show up there. But if you do, Area 15, say hi to Tad for me. And uh, speaking of Sin City, uh, according to an article in TMZ this week, a Las Vegas sex worker is down to ensure the Raiders are really taken care of all season long. And that's by offering her VIP services at discounted prices to all the players and staff. The potential real MVP is five foot nine inch blonde Ariel Ganya, who works at the famous Chicken Ranch Brothel, and she tells TMZ Sports she's offering fifty percent off, special to the organization for her sexual services this 2022-2023 season as a thank you for bringing excitement to Las Vegas. And you know, as usual, Andy, especially with all the ears to the ground he's got down in Vegas, uh, he did his research this week, and here they are. The top five things that have happened with the Raiders organization since this proposition was offered. Number five. Nate Newton is pondering coming out of retirement so he can take part in the all-you-can-eat pussy buffet. Every day is a holiday and every meal is a banquet, baby. Number four. Mark Davis wants to look sharp for his first encounter and has increased his hairstyling budget to $15 a month. Look at them sideburns. He looks like a girl. Now, Johnny Unitas, there's a haircut you could set your watch to. Number three. The team has announced that the University Medical Center of Southern Nevada HIV Hepatitis C Wellness Center will also be a premier partner for the team. Gotcha! Ha! Hepatitis C! Joke's on you, I already got it. Meningitis! I'm a carrier. Gonorrhea! Patient zero. You're gonna have to do better than that. Number two. Robert Kraft, in an effort to control operating expenses, has just announced that the New England Patriots will be moving their franchise to the state of Nevada starting in 2023. A lot has transpired during the last two years, and I don't think that needs any explanation. And now, the number one... Derek Carr still pays a little extra, so she'll yell, you're the number one car, baby. hi all right, Andy, what do you say we fire it up? It's week two. Yeah, let's fire it up. Are you ready? It's time! Fuck 
fucking go. All right, this Sunday, we go to the Big Easy, where a big divisional rivalry is up here. The New Orleans Saints taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New Orleans, two and a half point underdogs at home, 44 year over under. And uh, this is a big divisional rivalry. Uh, last December, these two teams played to an exciting nine to nothing finish in favor of New Orleans. But in fact, the game the Bucks were supposed to win. Like the Bucks were supposed to win that game, like hands down. But the Saints not only shut Tom Brady out, um, they got to him. Four sacks, one pick. So I, my question to the prognosticator is: Can New Orleans do that to Tampa Bay's offense again, or does Brady? Because like the guy can hold a grudge. I don't think he's forgotten about. Well, that. hold a grudge, but he's he's faced New Orleans five times in his career, and he's lost four of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I don't know when I say we collectively, but I think a lot of people were pretty high on the Saints going into this year. And it took them to the fourth quarter to really kick it into gear against the Falcons. Uh, that could have been a really bad luck for them to start the season. Um, I heard I heard through the grapevine this week that Andy Dalton was taking a lot of the snaps instead of Jameis Winston because of a lingering back injury that he may have and i'm thinking it's a type of back injury that you sustain when you're quickly running away from the seafood counter in a grocery store the crabs in the bucket. and i'm a little concerned about that but what i'm not concerned about uh is the front seven for the saints if you look at guys like cam jordan and david Onyemata and Marcus Davenport, and not to mention their secondary that still features Marshawn Lattimore, and now they've acquired the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. I think they're going to be able to put pressure on Brady up the middle, just like Dallas tried to do so. And I think Dallas was fairly successful in doing it. It was their anemic offense that made the Bucks look a little bit better than they actually were. Couple that with the fact that Godwin is not going to be playing this week. I think he's been entirely ruled out with a hamstring injury. Well, Kamara and Ingram are both listed as questionable this week and uh, limited participants in practice, but... Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about them. Um, I'm more concerned with the Jameis Winston back thing, but, you know, if you have Kamara in the offense and you have a healthy Michael Thomas in the offense, who, by the way, snagged two touchdowns last week while he was on the IR, um, New Orleans is, uh, in the last 18 games in this division, 15-3 and three straight up. Like, they figured it out. And I realize that Sean Payton's not there anymore, but they've got a lot of firepower on both sides of the ball. And I'm still, I'm just a little concerned about the offensive line for the Bucks. And I honestly, I believe that as, um, even though they're at home, I think the, the, the Bucks are the, the favorite here. Well, the Bucks so, are, the Bucks are now 5-0 and straight up in their last five row games, though. Uh, so they are pretty good on the road, but Brady has not been good against New Orleans. You're right. I w- I'm just a little worried because last week the Saints needed the Atlanta Falcons to come from ahead to lose in spectacular fashion. And unfortunately, you can't play the Falcons every week, right? The Bucks defense is, is going to be really hard to handle. I Honestly, they're at least in the top three of defenses in the league. Yeah. I, know, I get it, man. I get it. I I'm just, taking the Bucks to cover on the road. Are you? And by the way, the total has gone under in four of New Orleans' last five home games. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about the total, but I'm going to take the dog in New Orleans, and I'll take the two and a half points, and I'll take Jameis Winston, and I'll take his LASIK surgery, 
and I'll take him with his back injury, and I'm looking for New Orleans to cover the two and a half. Check out the crabs in the bucket. New England Patriots. New England. New England Patriots. Pittsburgh Steelers are at home against the visiting New England Patriots. And, uh, well, the Pittsburgh Steelers are two-point underdogs. The total is forty. How are the Steelers two-point underdogs here? I, I really don't understand why. New England shit the bed last week. I almost think it's because of the bed shitting. Because um, Belichick, Belichick not, yeah, rebounds. He'll rebound. And then obviously you've got the injury uh, with TJ Watt. So he's out for a while. But that was a huge overtime win against the AFC champs of last year and division rival Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, their defense created five turnovers. Their next game is the following Thursday, short week on the road against another division team in Cleveland. Making this. It's an almost wise guys sandwich game. What are you? An idiot sandwich. So why is overtime important? I'll tell you why. Because the Steelers defense was on the field for 50 minutes. And my God, did Mika Fitzpatrick look like he was wearing a damned cape that whole game? He had a pick six. He had a critical block, critically blocked extra point, which he's not going to do every game. Uh, Najee Harris came out, but he's likely to play, but he's still suffering from a foot injury that happened on Sunday. Um, again, no TJ Watt. And the Patriots absolutely just shit the bet against Miami, but their defense played all right which is what you would expect from all a- right but you know what their running game all patriot runners combined last week 78 yards on 22 carries i mean well, it's a respectable you know, three and a half a carry but they need they need to pick a running back and go with it they this whole shit bullshit by committee and i'm going to put that on you know the guy that puts a number two pencil behind his ear while he's holding a laminated play card i think i got probably one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the nfl where i think i did a pretty good job uh, Matt Patricia should not be calling the plays, period. Sorry. So since this is a sandwich game, you're taking the Pats. Yeah. So it's a yeah. sandwich because on one side of the sandwich, you get Cincinnati, and on the other, you got the Browns. And in the middle is New England. I'm, and I'm liking New England. So as my sandwich pick of the week, I'm going to go with the Patriots and invite all the players to go downtown Pittsburgh to 18th Street, the world-famous Monty Brothers restaurant and order their classic sandwich that dates back to the days of the Great Depression. The sandwich classic includes two slices of Italian bread, grilled meat of choice, melted provolone, vinegar-based coleslaw, sliced tomatoes, and of course, french fries. If you've got the Browns Listed as the back end of your sandwich. Let me tell you, one of those pieces of Italian bread is moldy. <laughs> the Steelers, yes. like, they looked pretty solid last week. And I want to talk about Mitch Trubisky because I'm a Bears fan. And what people don't get is this. He took a Matt Nagy offense to the playoffs twice. Yeah. Twice. I'm not saying this kid is Joe Montana. 
but I think Steeler fan is going to be pleasantly surprised with them. The Steelers are plus 110 on the money line. It's not the sexiest return, but I love the Steelers at home. The Steelers always play well in Pittsburgh. So, Andy, I see your sandwich game, and I raise you a money line, Maddie. Oh! Oh! Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because them boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. The Sunday Nighter. We had to Lambeau Field where the Green Bay Packers are at home against division rival Chicago Bears. Uh, Green Bay, 10-point favorites. Uh, 41.5 is your total. And man, I was absolutely floored watching the Bears play last week. The Bears couldn't move the ball at the first half. And then something happened. Something so unbelievable, it almost defies explanation. Bears coach Matt Eberflus made halftime adjustments. As a Bears fan, I thought this kind of thing was only for other teams. But here we are. We've entered the halftime adjustment era in Chicago, not just banging our head against the wall, doing the same old thing uh, all game long. And then, you know, seeing the Packers lose to the Vikings. I know the Vikings are in our division, but the Packers are our rival. And I love watching the Packers get stomped and Aaron Rodgers get angry because his no-name receivers are dropping balls all over the place. So he's got no one to pass to, really, that he can count on. You're telling me that one broken play in weather that most of the spectators would need an arc to get to Soldier Field that turned into a touchdown is now going to change the trajectory of your entire franchise? I wasn't talking about the trajectory of my entire franchise. I'm talking about a coach made a couple fucking adjustments at halftime instead of sitting in his office spanking it with a thumb up his ass. Like, all I'm happy about is, like, some shit's going to improve. Did, and did, it was nice to watch that broken play because most of the quarterbacks that have played for the Bears lately, if that broken play happened, they don't have the wheels to wheel out on the right, throw on the run, and throw a strike like that. I'm quite... Um, you know what? We got a really low salary cap. I don't have super high expectations this year, but it's nice to see shit coming together in Chicago a little bit better, at least on the well, offensive side I'm, of the ball. Say, I'm not. I'm not taking away. It was a good win over my 49ers. It was ugly, but you know. Yeah, the weather uh, made it ugly for both sides. It was. It was, it was, it was really ugly, bad. But they won the game. And now, do we need to go through all the trends and stats about like the last 20 games of Rodgers against the Bears and how he's won 16 of them and Rodgers off a loss and how he's well, he, own, he owns them in prime time. Do we, I mean, how, how far do we go into that? Well, he owns them in prime time and as a Bears fan, I'm willing to stipulate. Everybody knows this. This is something that if you're listening to this podcast, you know damn well what Green Bay's record is against Chicago over the last decade yeah so, so let's not shit, dwell since on the that. Favre era <laughs> let's consider that line so it's minus 10 with a uh, total of 41 and a half so basically vegas is predicting a score of about 26 to 16 oh guess who checked the weather report out maddie guess the prognosticator loves his weather reports i'm leaning I'm, I'm leaning upon other prognosticators so right now the most recent weather forecast has showers and thunderstorms as being likely. 
right? And we we saw what can happen in that that type of weather last week uh, in Chicago. I'm just thinking this is way too big of a spread in a divisional game with weather that bad and a low total and no Bakhtiari and no real deep threat for the Packers receiving core. I'm sorry. Give me the points. Give me the Bears. Yeah, I like the Bears with the points as well. And one more interesting note about uh, the Packers last week, and this was in a a nice environment, is they averaged just 5.5 yards a play against what a lot of people thought would be like a mediocre to just above mediocre Vikings defense. Now, maybe that changes and that defense is much better than we thought, but 5.5 yards a play for an Aaron Rodgers offense is is pretty bad. And if the weather's, uh, like you say it is, a 10-point spread, uh, I'd buy that as soon as you can because that might come down. I'd buy that for a dollar. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm... There's two Monday night games this week. Uh, the first one takes place in Buffalo where the Bills, how about this spread as well? 10-point favorites against the Tennessee Titans who were a playoff team last year and a good playoff team at that. A 49 is your total. And um, before we get into the spread, this is the total of the week that I really like. The Bills' offense is incredible. And the Titans aren't nearly as bad as their recency effect would have you believe. So I like the over here. Well, this this line falls under the are you shitting me category. When when I first saw it, I, I had to go get my eyes tested because I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah, the Bills did look great last Thursday. And they have extra rest. In fact, they got extra, extra rest. But as you mentioned, this is a Tennessee team that was, you know, one last second Evan McPherson field goal away from going to the AFC championship game last season. And it's not like there was a lot of turnover on the team in the offseason. I'm guessing losing to the Giants at home will downgrade your standing with betters and bookmakers in the league. But... You know, if, if the Titans, you know, they were feeding Derrick Henry at 21 carries, 82 yards. They could keep feeding him the ball. Here's a couple trends. Again, take them with a grain of salt. Uh, their last 22 road games, they've won 16 of them straight up. Um, against the spread, they're 8-2 and two in the last 10 on Monday Night Football. And Buffalo's 0-6 straight up in their past six meetings as the favorite. Yeah, and the Titans are very well coached as well. This is a good bounce back spot for the sure. Titans. They they can definitely compete for a win in this game, I think. I think the Bills are really good, but I think everybody needs to take a collective breath because one game does not a season make. Uh, it's quite likely the Titans aren't nearly as bad as they looked on the weekend, and the Bills, they're a good squad, but they're not likely to go 17-0 from a statistical point of view. And saying that, if you're one of those people that likes basing decisions on uh, stats that don't have a large enough sample, then you'll make a great political pundit. But when you're betting on football, you're going to have a bad time. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm taking the Titans with the points. I mean, 10 points. Yeah, I mean, this is a perfect example of overreactions and buying low and selling high. And I think Buffalo is being rated too high and Tennessee way too low. This, is, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Tennessee's a live dog here to, to, to win outright. They really are. But I'll I'll take the ten points, put them in my back pocket, and enjoy the that as the first of two games on Monday night. I hear that. Here's some more money for your pocket. 
finally, for the back ender of the Monday night, we go to Philadelphia where the Eagles play host to the Minnesota Vikings. And, uh, well, Philadelphia, two and a half point favorites. Uh, and that is at home on a Monday night. But the Eagles gave up 6.5 yards a carry against the Lions, and their defense uh, just let Detroit move the ball at will. Um, the Vikes are looking like the real deal. And two and a half, I guess they got to come all the way over to Philly. What do you think about this? Like, I, I'm leaning Minnesota. Talk well, me out was, of it. I was both high going into the season on these two teams making the playoffs. And I, I, I'm still of that same mood. They lived up to that off-season billing. And with, you know, I'll say convincing wins, aesthetically, the Lions made that game look a lot more close than it was in the fourth quarter. They, they made a pretty box score, but that game was never in doubt for Philly. So I would say I would call them two convincing wins. Now, Minnesota beating Green Bay is, is, is a lot more significant than, than Philly beating the Lions, but both and teams squeaking. It might have been a little closer or seemed a little closer than it was, but still eked it out over the Lions. Let's face it, like their defense allowed over 30 points. Yeah, that's true. That's terrible. I don't give a shit how much garbage time. Pull your fucking bootstraps up and stop a goddamn play. Now, this, what I'm about to say, looks like a good stat, but I hope it's not going to be a trend because it's not sustainable. Jalen Hurts ran the ball 17 times. Now, for 90 yards, but you do not want your quarterback running the ball 17 times. I don't care who the hell it is. I was just going to get to that, man. I agree with you 100%. Like, stay Way up, too much. You've got a good arm. He threw for like 275, I think it was. Yeah, and if he gets hurt, the Eagles go from being a contender to just another shitty season. Yeah, and so keep in mind, uh, Minnesota's coach, Kevin O'Connell, this is going to be his first road game ever. And if you haven't heard about Philly fan, mm, not the most welcoming environment for uh, incoming teams. Yeah, very true. They did boo Santa Claus. What if I told you that Eagles fans put the entire NFL on the naughty list? They, dude, they were, throwing, they were throwing snowballs with batteries in them at the team. You just don't do that to Santa Claus. You just don't. Now, at 10 and 17, as a record, Kirk Cousins winning on primetime, winning and primetime belong in the same sentence as much as the words penis and chainsaw. You like that? It's just, it's not a good combo. Um, and, and for that reason, I'll, I'll lay the two and a half points. It's under a field goal. I'm going to take the Eagles here. You know what? I'm going to take Minnesota on the road, uh, you know what? I like the points, but I think I'm going to make him a bonus money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! And finally, we like to close our show with a little teaser both of us give out for the weekend andy you first what do you like well we spoke about the game earlier and that's the one in the big easy and the new orleans saints if we take that number from plus two and a half to plus eight and a half going through the key numbers of two four and seven we got ourselves a pretty nice looking first leg of the teaser the second although it's on the road i like the carolina panthers to go from plus one against the g-man up to plus or sorry at plus two up to plus eight again going through those same key numbers it's got a low total of 43 and a half now these guys aren't giant killers but in this case all they have to be are giant keep it to closers so uh once again saints and carolina for the two-legged teaser
For mine, we'll start off with my Bears. They're at uh, plus 10, so I'll take them to plus 16. And, uh, well, for the back end of my teaser, as I mentioned, I really like that total for the Bills-Titans to go over 49. So take another six points off that, take it down to 43, and uh, you got yourself a banger of a teaser. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Thank you for listening to week two of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week two games across the NFL. From the Costa Nostra studios, for any of the prognosticator Adridge back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you don't have any friends, please share it with two enemies. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. No one-